Welcome to the Lynn Sanity, a podcast for the Running Hook Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Lynn Sanity Podcast, part of the Running Hook Podcast Network. And before we get into the podcast, I just want to give a quick shout out to you, incredible listeners. Uh, the busy, busy stretch upcoming uh, for the Running Hook Podcast Network. Uh, we have got uh, plenty of content coming with basketball. Basketball on the NBA level, basketball in college, uh, NFL's winding down the stretch. Zach's complaining about the Oscars. You name it, we've got the whole whole shebang uh, ready for you, and it's all going to come come at us uh, very quickly, very quickly. Um, and you know, Bryce, here we are. We talk about some championship Sunday uh, games and just kind of some takeaways, and then uh, break down. Oh, you know, I mean, basically every team that was looking for a head coach has found a head coach. So uh, we'll talk about just kind of what the head coach might bring, what, you know, our opinions of the hire and all that other fun stuff. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's been an eventful offseason. Uh, the coaching carousel is in full force, almost completed, almost done. There's one team left that is yet to hire. But then we had some uh, some fantastic uh, division or uh, championship Conference championship games that I cannot wait to talk about. So very excited in another week of NFL. Yeah. Well, let's just go off. Uh, let's just keep doing how we've been doing it. Uh, early game first and then the late game second, just to keep it easy and simple. Uh, we got the uh, first game on the deck, uh, the Chiefs and the Ravens. And uh, man, they got the viewership for this bad boy. I mean, I saw the, I saw the, I can't even remember the number off the top of my head, but uh, record sowing numbers for this game, Bryce, and uh, the kid, the Kansas City Chiefs uh, come away uh, seventeen to ten victory. Uh, you know, I mean, look, th- this was a game that you know it felt like at first. You know, the Chiefs had tremendous control. You know, Baltimore and uh, Lamar Jackson, uh, what you know, made it, it the big time play to Zay Flowers for a touchdown. You know, tied this up at uh, seven all and. You know, I don't care that it's a seven-point score, Bryce. I mean, it feels bigger than a seven-point score. I mean, it felt like Kansas City, you know, situationally, despite the offense maybe slowing down a tad in the second half, you know, pretty much controlled this game all the way through and upset a Baltimore Ravens team that looked like a juggernaut in the regular season. Oh, man, I was never so – I've been – Never so happy to be wrong, Caleb. I picked the Baltimore Ravens. I gave my reasoning as the table has been set for the almighty Lamar. And and he blew it. He blew the game. He blew it to the one and only GOATS, Patrick Mahomes, who did it once again. Incredible. Listen, this was a fun game to watch, even though this, you know, there wasn't a lot of scoring. There was a lot of good defensive football played in this. Mm-hmm. And then we saw some good plays um, on the offensive end from, from, from both teams. But I think the play of the game, Caleb, my opinion, was the luxurious Sneed poke from Zay Flowers at the goal line right before he, he dived into the end zone. That was the, the play that, you know, the Ravens could have switched the momentum of the game, possibly come back. Uh, from you yeah. know, from being down seventeen to seven, and maybe win that game, but that just kind of deflated M and T Bank Stadium. And you know what? You have to credit Kansas City. You have to. You. I, this is the the last time, Caleb. I am picking against Patrick Mahomes in a playoff game. 
and you may, can't maybe, come at me this week. You I, can't come at me this week. I, I'm, not, I'm not coming at you this week. I, I can't. You, you, come, at, you come at Zach. You yeah, come at I, Zach. I can't you come, come at Zach. Zach. Yeah, Zach is a clown. You know, he <laughs> believed in Lamar. Foolish. Foolish. Of course. Foolish. Doesn't give respect. Doesn't pay homage to the great Patrick Mahomes. I guess we'll have to see who he picks in the Super Bowl. But. <laughs> I mean, Kansas City, I mean, we we banged on Travis Kelsey for a majority of the season, Caleb. Majority yes. of the season. But yes. the past two games, that the Buffalo game, he came up big. The Baltimore game, he came up even bigger. 11 receptions, 116 yards, and a touchdown. You can't ask for anything more. You really can't. And you got plays from other guys when you needed it. I, what I loved about Kansas City, there, there's such a contrast between Kansas City and Baltimore in this, in this respect, offensively. Isaiah Pacheco, 24 carries. Now, it's not a sexy stat line, 68 yards and a touchdown. That's not sexy on, tw- on 24 carries. But nonetheless, they were committed to having a balanced attack, and, and they did. Now, on the other side, Baltimore, who led the league in rushing attempts per game. Gave their running backs, just their running backs, a total of eight carries. Uh, eight carries. And what's even shocking, more shocking to me, Caleb, is that Gus Edwards, yes, he got a lot of it on one rush, uh, 15 yards. But three carries for 20 yards, that's 6.7 yards a carry. And I, I, Caleb, Caleb, you, you were up this weekend. You were up this weekend. We watched this game together. You're correct. How many times did we say Justice Hill cut? How many times? He is More an awful. Two, two hands. Uh, One, two literally, hands. literally. It, he, he is awful in pass protect. Awful. God awful. Terrible. Uh, he, he was at three carries for three yards, folks. For, for those that can't do simple yeah. math, that is one yard a carry. One yard a carry. It, I, I just, I don't Lost. know. I don't know what happened. I, 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 they got away from being them. Yes. Yes. And I just cannot believe the way, I just, I mean, yeah. I just, can't, I mean, I was just, I was sitting there watching that game. I was pretty much yelling at the screen like they could hear me. Like, why is Gus Edwards not to hit the football? I mean, it just doesn't make sense. I mean, the Kansas City Chiefs are, you know, in the 20s in rush defense, right? You know, in the 20s. And typically when you want to, when you're a bad rush defense, where do you get attacked normally on the rush? Inside. Inside. You know, on the lines. And, you know, they didn't run inside. Everything was outside. And I agree with you. I thought the run, I mean, Monken. You know, you chose your worst game. You chose the worst game to have your worst call, uh, offensive coordinator day in the league. I mean, that was atrocious. And uh, but you know, look, I'm going to give credit to the Chiefs. I've seen this movie, Bryce. I just, I just, I just have. I mean, it's like you sometimes watch like Tom Brady do this, right? Or even Manning in years. There's just, it's just one of those things where, you know, everyone and their mother, Bryce picked the Baltimore Ravens and picked them for a reason, justifiably so. They're they're, you know, they're they were great. They were well balanced. Uh they were very well balanced. They were killing teams all year and great teams all year on the road and at home. And it felt like 
you know, it was just their year based off the roster construction and the way that they were playing, having an MVP candidate. But to me, Bryce, I don't care how many people disagree with this. Pedigree matters. Learning how to be in those moments matter. Frankly, the Baltimore Ravens have not been in those moments a lot. You know, Lamar, for the most part, that was the first time he's played Patrick Mahomes since 2021. Wow. 2021. Right? Josh Allen gets a shot at him every year. You know, Joe Burrow pretty much got a shot at him every year. I think that matters. You know, when you go up against guys like that, you know, and like the NBA, Bryce, you know, when you go up against LeBron the first time, you know, it's not the easiest thing ever. Right? You go against Curry the first time, it's not the easiest thing ever. It's just... You know, you got to go through the bruises. You got to really know what it means to face a guy that meaningful down the stretch. That the Mahomes Kelsey connection still somehow remains the most unguardable thing in the NFL. That's what I came away with. It's unreal. That's what I came away with. And it's like, you know, we can sit here, we can, we can bash it all we want. We can say that he, you know, Kelsey wasn't playing that great. Or, you know, heck, maybe you load managed them. I mean, I don't know what they did. But there's something about the chemistry those two guys have that comes up time and time and again when they have to do it. And the world doubted them. And they delivered. They delivered. Uh, and I, I also just think their defense just needs to be massively credited here. I mean, you know, I think everyone likes to just go on and, you know, fall in love with their offense. And, I, you know. I mean, it's time to recognize that Steve Spagnuolo is the greatest defensive coordinator you and I have ever seen, Bryshetti. In the playoffs, absolutely. He he is. You look at what he does from a season, and then the way that he gets his teams to be the best they can be in the playoffs. That is a skill that he, he has, and that he has shown time and time out again. He is the second ranked defense in the league this year, and I'll just be honest. I think they're better. I think they're better. It's hard to find a better defense than them right now. They're getting after the quarterback. They made plays all over the secondary, as you mentioned earlier. I mean, and they have legitimate dudes. You know, that has really shown up for them and has taken away from this style of Kansas City Chiefs football that people expect. People expect them to score 30, 40 points down their throats. Breaking news, it's probably not going to happen. It's probably not going to happen. They're going to win games in the mid-20s. They have a great defense. They're going to do enough to win football games. And it's time people realize that. It's time people realize that. It's time that people stop holding them to an expectation of scoring 30 points and thinking that they're back. When, at the end of the day, the final box score is remaining the same right now. Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs are winning. They're winning the conference. They're owning the conference. And they have a chance. You and I talked about it with Zach this last weekend. They have a chance to protect and earn a dynasty, you know, in the Super Bowl. And get that three of six and lock that in. I, I would think that's fair to say, Bryce, if they win that game. We're, we're looking at a dynasty here. Uh, yeah, I totally agree, man. I mean, three titles in what, four years? And four, so. four appearances in five, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, that is, it's unprecedented stuff, man. I mean, we're talking like like Patriots stuff here. Yes. You know, yes. and, and Patrick Mahomes has only been starting in the league, get this, Caleb, for six years. <laughs> yeah, it it's it's uh it's historic. I mean, it really is. It's historic. I mean, look, I'm not, you know, if you want to sit there 
you know, obviously some people don't like the Taylor Swift and you know all of the drama that might come in the next two weeks. Understandable. But if you deliver but the way they're delivering, you know, any I football fan has now. to appreciate. Yeah, any football fan has to appreciate the type of chemistry we're witnessing from two, you know, future Hall of Fame type of talents, you know, against it. You know, a defense in Baltimore that is, you know, about as good as you can find in the league. Next up, uh, talk about a wacky game, Bryce. Uh, I mean, the Lions come in here and they just put uh-huh. the storm on this group. I mean, they 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 take them out. They they knock them out early, and for a while, that game felt like it was theirs to lose. Bryce, they had all control and the game in control, and somehow the San Francisco 49ers answered answered heavily in the third quarter. I don't know if I've ever seen anything like this in my life. Watching a football fan, the way the momentum shifted in that game where the Niners pretty much took control of the game and they never once looked back. They never once looked back. I mean, it was incredible to witness. I mean, I I absolutely thought, well, they just didn't come out. They just didn't come out. I mean, 21-7, you know, forget about it. You know, 20 Forget about it. 21-7 right there at the end of half. I was like, they're done. And then that third quarter, I mean, they just, they shut down the lines. They got back to their stuff, long drives. And all of a sudden with 302 left in that game, you know, they're, they're in control by 10 points. I mean, I just, what, what, what it shows me about this San Francisco 49er team is you, you can think that you got them. Right. You can think, okay, I've got good control, you know, this, that, and the other. But the playmaking of this team, Bryce, is so elite to a point that they only just need a slimmer of daylight to see something. Just because those guys can make plays anytime they want. Yeah, this game was something, dude. This game was, and I think this is straight up of a game of the talent eventually caught up to you. And I mean, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about Dan Campbell in a minute. But I mean, for San Francisco, I mean, it, it was actually 24 to seven at the end of half, Caleb. 24 to seven. So I mean, even those three extra points, you know, it, it just it felt over. It felt over. It totally did. But you know what? I mean, there were a couple times, Caleb, and I think even you can admit it. I know, uh, you know, you're you're coming around on Brock Purdy, you know, from what you say. But he made some winning plays in the second half. I mean, his his scrambling, Caleb. There were a couple times he scrambled, and I mean, it 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 changed it changed the game. And he, he you get it to your guys, you get it to Ayuk. You get it to Debo, you get it to CMC. And that that's that's what you need to do. And you get a couple big plays, you sprinkle in a little kittle, uh, you sprinkle in uh, you know, some Debo rushes. I thought Kyle Yushek had a couple big catches. He had two catches in this game. I thought both were pretty big. Uh, they were both like, yeah. like big catches. Yeah, yeah. He, didn't he have, was under like, the best game either. Uh, but I mean he had a couple he had a couple catches that that were big. Uh, defense come came up big when they needed to, even though they got thrashed in the first half. They only gave up yeah. seven points, yeah. uh, you know, in the in the second half. And I mean, when you look at Detroit, I mean, they had it, man. They had they really it. Did. 
They were the fourth down calls. Now, I, everyone wants to kill Campbell, but I don't feel like there was enough enough emphasis. It was mentioned, but there's not enough emphasis on Josh Reynolds dropping that fourth and two. Like, I don't think that he gets enough disdain for that. Yeah. I mean, That's that was guy, a big it, I mean, it is. Oh, look, I, I like Reynolds. I like Reynolds. I know, you do. I I know, know you do. But I don't know that's who you want to target on fourth down, you know? Like Detroit and Ben Johnson, what he's done, like he's got it to, to the guys that need to get the ball. And he pulls out a cute play every once in a while. This wasn't a cute play that they ran on fourth and two. It was a legitimate uh, play. Uh, but I, I just don't know that that Josh Reynolds is the guy that you want as the primary target there. And I mean, that's just a big drop. I think when you're on the road, I mean, I'm going to, I'm not going to say anything that already hasn't been said, but you're on the road. You got to take the three points. You're up by so much. If you make it a three score game, like that's mentally, that can mentally break people, you know, but, but fortunately San Francisco kept it within arm's distance. uh, And, and, you know, they were able to turn around in in the second half. And, you know, I mean, even running on third and goal from the one for Detroit, having to burn a timeout with a minute left. I mean, just little things like that. And now, I mean, Campbell, what, what is it, Caleb? Is it his third year? Third year? I believe so, yes. I mean, he's a young coach, Caleb. Like, I, I know you, I, we want to kill Campbell, but it is his third year coaching. It's his first time in the playoffs. It's his first time being in an NFC championship game. First time Detroit's been there in 1991 and he went for it and it didn't work out. And I mean, we'd be foolish to sit here and think that he's not going to learn from it, you know? So I'm not, I'm not going to kill Campbell over this. I'm really not. I know these opportunities don't come around often, but the, the thing is, is they're running it back with the same coaches next year. I can only assume that they're going to get, they're going to look for ways yeah. to improve this roster yeah. than, than where, where it already is. So You're right. Yeah, I, I think if you run it back next year, yeah, there's a target on your back. But, I mean, Detroit's not an easy out anymore. So, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not going to kill them over this. San Francisco was the better team uh, on paper, and they just made, they made more plays, and Kyle Shanahan's been there before. He's been there before. I mean, look, you know, it, when you're talking about the Niners, you know, I, I think the pressure's high on them. I, you know, I just do. They, they got to do it. They got to get there. They got to win it. Um, you know, I don't know what I got to say at this point to get you off my freaking back on Brock Purdy. I don't know what I got to freaking do. I mean, I, Pur- Purdy is, Purdy is a quarterback. That yes, if I had moments where I have not been high on him. Yes, I have. Have there been moments where I thought I've complimented him or I've tried to come off like I've complimented him? Yes, I have. In this game, he he absolutely came up right. You're 100% right. It was situational awareness from, from Purdy that I think put him in that position. Now, again, do I think that the past Ayuk was a little questionable? Sure. But I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because he came out here. Talk about a situation that puts you in a tough spot. 24-7, second-year quarterback, seventh-round draft pick. And, you know, he comes in, and he has done this two times in a row, led his team to comeback victories in the NFC playoffs. And, look, it's, it's 
I'm at the point where I feel like if you're hating on Brock Purdy, you're bored. <laughs> like you're just bored. It's it's like you're just bored or you're not in the moment. You know, you're just being overcritical. Because the fact is, you know, you can play these what if games, which I've had the tendency to do. What if you put him on XY team? How good is he? Well, breaking news. We we won't ever get to see that. So it's it shouldn't be diminishing what the guy is accomplishing now with this football team. And clearly the players on this team believe in what he is. You know, I mean, Bosa called him the best game manager in the league. Tough to argue against that. He's the, I mean, it's really hard. You know, I mean, yes, he threw that interception. It wasn't a great interception. I, I don't think it was a great interception, nor do I think that the past IU should have existed. But it, it happened, and, and he, he made enough plays. He's making plays down the stretch for this team when it matters with a balanced attack. And, Bryce, let me say this, too. You know, I don't want to come off like, oh, my gosh, I'm not trying to credit him either. But when you have a player, how many players, Bryce, the caliber of George Kittle, aren't going up to the coach's sideline and saying, why am I not getting more targets? How many players of that caliber aren't doing that to their quarterback? Like, that matters to me. That matters to me. He'll do anything. That's what I like about him. And, and, And think about the help that it provides somebody like Brock Purdy. The fact that he doesn't feel the pressure and have to go to someone all the time. And when you think about the best teams in the conference, I think about quarterbacks facing pressure to get the ball to somebody at some time. A.J. Brown in Philadelphia, CeeDee Lamb in Dallas, you know, Amon Ra in Detroit. I don't look at Debo and Brandon like that. I don't look at George like that. They're just filling in the role, whatever that looks like, on every game basis. And that matters for a guy like Purdy. I think Purdy's very much benefited from that. And he delivered in a massive way. I have all the confidence in the world this defense will be better than what they were uh, on Sunday. I was disappointed with their defense, but I think they'll turn it around. The second half showed a lot to me. They made enough plays in the second half where you, know, you should feel confident about the direction that they're going in moving forward. Next up, <laughs> let's get into the, uh, the good old head coaching market. and. Um, Let's start with the one that happened today, Bryce. Uh, Mike McDonald, uh, the former Baltimore Raven defensive coordinator, uh, will now be going to the Seattle Seahawks as the youngest head coaching candidate, or no, youngest head coach in the league. And, you know, Bryce, I texted you and uh, I texted you this, that I just thought the hire was pointless. I thought the hire was pointless. Uh, I thought it didn't mean anything, and I thought the hire was pointless because I didn't understand why they would bring back a defensive mind when they just let go of a defensive mind. But then I started to think a little bit. And I got way more respect for it than I do for any of these other hires. Because if you think about the current world of the National Football League, the first instinct that comes to your mind is offensive coach. Offensive coach. Every great coach is an offensive coach in the NFL. Every great coach. You have two of the 10, five best coaches in your division as offensive coaches. Mm -hmm. How likely is it 
that you are going to have as good of an offensive coach as Shanahan and McVay. Slim. You have to flip it. You have to say, can I get the best defensive mind in the NFL? There's a possibility you we see that in McDonald. I think Seattle is saying, let's try and go in that direction rather than going in this direction where Shannon and McVay are two of the three best offensive minds in the league, two of the five best coaches in the league offensively. Let's try our formula. And while it kind of threw me off guard for a little bit, I have more respect for it because they're going on their own. They're not doing what everybody else in the league has been doing, which is constantly hiring offensive minds. Bryce, what did you think about this, uh, this move? Uh, I think you bring up an interesting point. Um, it's an interesting direction uh, that Seattle is going. I don't hate it um, as far as, you know, the youth movement um, with head coaches. We've seen it work out in the past. Um, but here's the reality of the situation. I, I like the point that you made about, you know, let's get the best defensive mind. One thing I'd like to point out, however, is that the last five Super Bowls, Caleb, have been offensive versus offensive head coach. Hmm. Uh, you know, it, so it matters. Coaching matters. Having a good offensive scheme matters. And we've seen the greatest offensive coaches dice up some of the best defenses. You know, we're like, oh, wow, you know, they got a good defense. I think they'll be able to stifle it. Mm, wrong, wrong, wrong. Uh, so I, I don't, I, I don't hate it. I don't know how many options you really had left. You know, Seattle kind of waited a while, but I, and maybe they were waiting for Mike, Mike, Mike McDonald. Like maybe that's what they were waiting for. Yeah. And, and we know Seattle's defense isn't, the, they have pieces. You know, that Witherspoon kid is, He's pretty freaking good. Pretty freaking good. Uh, So they have some pieces to start with. They'll begin. They'll start building. They need to figure out the quarterback situation. I don't know how much time, you know, you give Geno Smith. I agree. Um, I I don't know if that's at the top of their to-do list right now, though. I, I mean, it'll be. If Seattle is contending for a playoff spot next season, they're ahead. They're ahead. I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. I, I, I think Seattle's in an interest. I agree with you that the offensive spot where I'm wondering is how much does Seattle already have a guy in mind to pair with McDonald? And then do they think that they can get like, again, I don't know this Bryce. I've not seen anything about this Bryce. You know, if you brought in a guy like a Kingsbury who's had familiarity with the division and you tell McDonald, just focus on the defense, just focus on the defense, let Cliff handle offensive responsibilities. He knows what the grind of that looks like. Like if I, and I agree with you, the offensive stuff's going to matter. I just kind of wonder maybe if there's a plan strategically with that organization to, to give him that offensive mind. And like you said, they have really good young talent on the defense. And, you know, if he can come in and do what he did with this Ravens defense, you know, who's to say he can't do it in Seattle? I mean, the fans there love the defense. 
they're the you know, I mean, twelfth man for a reason. They got great fans every freaking game that they have. Uh, I mean, it's you know, I think he's a smart candidate. He seems like a top candidate, and like you said, it's a youth movement opportunity. Uh, just a matter of how they how they pull it all together. Uh, next up, uh, David Tepper, my favorite owner in the league, uh, just hired uh, Canales uh, from Tampa Bay. Uh, the Tampa Bay OC used to coach at Seattle uh, and helped Geno Smith, help Baker Mayfield, and uh, is now uh, back as a uh, as a head coach. Bryce, he's a head coach for the Carolina Panthers. Carolina Panthers also made some front office moves as well, which has been a part of the whole transition uh, to finding uh, a new kind of new leadership. Bryce, and here they are, uh, Dave Canales, a guy that I mentioned, a guy that this podcast has talked about as somebody that he didn't understand. Why was it getting head coaching looks? And all of a freaking sudden, he starts getting a bunch of interviews. You know, it's okay to source our podcast, you guys. That's okay. Because I can tell you right now, we kept mentioning it. We kept mentioning it for a lot of the second half of the season. Why is this guy not getting looks? And all of a sudden, he's a head coach for the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It was, if you'd be a fool if you weren't, you know, if you, didn't see what was going on in Tampa and you just ignored what Dave Canales was doing. And it just kind of the wave just like hit really hard. Like as soon as, you know, they were like, Oh, he made the playoffs. Oh, you know, they were pretty, you know, they just beat the Eagles like, and they scored, you know, points. And yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for Dave Canales. Um, It seems like, you know, that he had a pretty good relationship uh, built there in Carolina uh, so, I mean, there, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. And I, I what I said earlier, I, I think I may have said on the pod, maybe I didn't, but I feel like Carolina was kind of limited on who they could get anyway, just because it doesn't seem like the best environment, um, you know, that, uh, that Tepper has created there. So I didn't feel like that they were going to land a big name, uh, you know, like a Mike Vrabel or a Bill Belichick. Um, you know, or a Ben Johnson, you know, hot name. And they took what, what they what they could get. And I think it's a great get. Uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what he can do with Bryce Young. He needs a stable, level headed guy um, in his, you know, that's kind of fresh and has fresh ideas, new ideas. Frank Reich is a stable, level headed guy, but he's behind the times, it seems like. So I think Canales will be good uh, for for this squad. I think it's a good get. I think again, I think it's the best thing that you could do. You're muted. I mean, this is. I thought they had a home run. I mean, this was an outstanding hire. I thought they it, jackpot type of hire. You get a guy like this on the team, and you're you lean your bunch see what he can do with Bryce and you just hope for the best with this new construction you know Tepper just has to keep his hands off the freaking table stop throwing beer at his fans and watch his product watch his product you know go study Microsoft I mean you know this is this is a this is a team that you know there's talent there Right. The problem, you know, but the, the, the problem is going to be the draft picks, especially this year, draft picks. But if they can get 
if they can show any sort of optimism after this year. It's solid hire. Just show optimism. Heck, but you're going to have the same record. <laughs> but if you just show optimism, you show progress with Bryce Young, the season is a win. Period. Point blank. End discussion. It's a win. We can sit there. We can bash on our way when we can say analysis is doing great. We can say he blows all these games. But if Bryce Young is better than what he was this season, win for the Panthers. Win. And then who's to say that you don't look at some, you know, I would look at, you know, pulling some NBA stuff here, Bryce. But maybe sell some of that defense. Mm. Let me sell some of that defense. I mean, your defense is pretty good. You got some talent. But how much of that defense can really stay with you for the long term? Yeah. How fast do you think Bryce Young is going to get really good? Is the other question that you're going to have to answer. Brian Burns, awesome defensive player. Brian Burns, not necessarily the youngest guy in the block. Not old necessarily, but, you know, you could get a king's ransom for a player like that. For crying out loud, they had three firsts from L.A. and they rejected. Like, there's no reason that a player like that can't be used to build something more. The way Derek Brown played this season, like, he's probably on a rookie. He's probably off the block. But they've got guys that they can use. And I just want to see them really start trying to build for something. You know, I feel like they've just been so murky. You know, as a franchise, you know, eight and eight, nine and seven, ten and you know, stuff like that. And now they're in position here where I think if they handle it right, you know, bottoming out can lead to a better, you know, more growing, more stable excitement, blowing in a division that's not that great. It's not that great in the NFC South. Uh, Bryce, next up in your own division, Tennessee Titans. Uh, bringing in uh, good old Callahan uh, from the Cincinnati Bengals. Um, gosh dang it. I think both of us are going to agree on this, so I don't really want to do this, but what a god-awful liar. I mean, Callahan, Callahan, Callahan I mean, what, what have we seen? What have we seen from Callahan? Number one, to suggest that he was just totally better than Vrabel. Which is what every, you know, the ownership was like, we're going to find a candidate just clearly better than Vrabel. I don't know if this guy's clearly better than Vrabel. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah. that's, I mean, let's just start with that. The second thing is, like, couldn't Callahan just be the, like, the guy that's just the guy next to Zach Taylor? When I look at red about Cincinnati Bengals, I read it like Zach Taylor was calling the shots. Maybe I'm not around that area enough to really fully understand that, but that's how it comes off to me when you're reading about this team, when you're prepping for this team, when I talk about this team, that's what comes up when I look at them. Now, I'm seeing him go to this Tennessee team, and I mean, fine, they hire an offensive guy, but just what made, I just, I don't care for this hire. I don't care for this hire at all, and I think it's going to be really poor. What do you, what do you think about this decision? Yeah, I mean, it is interesting. I mean, I listen, I've been burned enough times on hating on head coaching hires, you know, that have actually panned out, you know, to say this is just this is laughable. But I mean, it is 
it does seem odd. You you fire a really good coach to take a chance on uh you know an offensive coordinator who has been part of a, a dynamite offense for the past few years. Uh, made Jake Browning help make Jake Browning look like you know a viable starter in the NFL. So I get the appeal, but I, I'm kind of with you. Like how much? How many of these OCs are just figureheads? For you know the top dog that's coming up with everything, and I'm I'm sure Brian Callahan has had you know a great hand in this, and I'm sure, sure that's exactly sure. what Zach Taylor would say. But you know it's different when you get put in these positions. Uh, you know 100%. I think what bodes well is that you're you're kind of almost with a blank canvas with Will Levis. You know you're moving forward with. Yep. It, it'd be different if Callahan was walking into like a veteran star quarterback, stud quarterback, right? Yeah. Like the time is short. So he's very fortunate that he gets a time where, you know, he's got time to develop and work with Levis and hopefully get better pieces for the offense. Um, and, and, you know, Levis wasn't a first round pick. So again, I think that buys you even more time. Hey, we took this kid in our second round. If you can turn him into something great. God bless you. God bless you. If not, we'll we'll draft somebody Move in the on. first round, and then your time, your time, the clock is ticking. Then, yeah. In my opinion, yeah. I mean, it's not a bad gig to take. You know, overall, even though I still think the Titans made you know a poor choice, but I mean, if that's what they believe, time will tell. But I'm telling you what, if Callahan doesn't work out, firing Vrabel is a laughable move. It still is. It still is now. Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Mike Vrabel is the Tennessee Titans coach. Just off the top of your head, where does he rank for you in terms of AFC South head coaches? Mike Vrabel. Probably number one or two. Let me ask you this. Where does Callahan rank? Uh, probably four, just because based off, you know, we haven't seen That's my anything. problem. Yeah. That's my problem. <laughs> That's my problem. You, you went from arguably the best coach in the division to the worst coach in the division. That's my problem with the Titans. I mean, look, maybe I'm wrong, like you said, but it's a mystifying move when you consider the coaches that are already in the division, what's already been taking place within the Colts and Texans and Jaguars franchises. And I just thought they were going to probably go out. I thought that, you know, letting go of Rabel meant they were really going to find somebody established. But that did not did not happen for uh, whatever reason. Uh, Bryce, you got a head coaching opening that uh, that's sticking out to you that you want to discuss? Well, the only one that's left is uh, oh, oh, like a like a hiring. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, well, um, nothing that really sticks out to me. I mean, we uh, you know, I think Atlanta going with Raheem Morris, I think, is interesting. Um, it seemed like they would have the pick of the litter. Um, kind of shocked that they didn't go offensive coach only because of the weapons that they have at their disposal at the moment. Um, you know, however, you know, they they decided to go, you know, the Sean McVay route almost. I mean, Raheem Morris was already yeah. established in this league before McVay, yeah. of course. Like, but Zach Robinson coming over to be the OC. Obviously, his rub shoulders with McVay. Zach Robinson, 
I remember when Zach Robinson was playing college ball, Caleb, at Oklahoma State, just slinging the thing. <laughs> okay, him, him, I, I him, and uh, and, just and Justin Blackman, dude, <laughs> oh, were just. Sure. <laughs> I mean, they were just absolutely just filthy, man. Yeah, filthy. So, uh, I mean, or no, he he was with Des Bryant actually. He was with Des Bryant. Des, he was okay. with Des. Yes, I thought he was with Des. It was one of those two. I thought it was Blackman too, but no, he was with Des. So, um, I mean, it's just like whoa, okay. But um, I, I thought that was interesting. Um, so I, I guess we're gonna see how that pan, that pans out again. Probably the, still the weakest division in football. Uh, so I mean, I we got a pretty good chance. I mean, a lot of a lot of buzz around Raheem Morris this year. We know what he did previously as a head coach. Obviously, it didn't go very well. But I'm all, I'm down for second chances. You know, if if you're really con- convinced and convicted about it. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I, I mean, I'm the 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 coordinator hires are what's interesting to me just overall hmm. across the league. Hmm. Um, you know, you got Kellen Moore going to the Eagles, Shane Waldron right. going to the Bears. Uh, shout out Jeff Halfley, my man Jeff Halfley. I still miss you in Columbus, dude. I miss you a lot. I was so sad when he left for Boston College, and you know what? He gave an absolute respectable answer as to why he took the Green Bay defensive coordinator job, Caleb. And he's absolutely right. He said, "There's no time, no more time to coach football in college. It's all about NIL recruiting. Who can offer the most money?" He's absolutely right. And that should it be a wake up right. call. The, you, college, yes, college football is going to lose some of their best coaching talent because of this. He's probably right. And we're already seeing it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Harbaugh is another example, right? He, he leaves, goes to the Chargers. I think that has, I think that had a lot to do with it as well. Probably not wanting to go to that grind again. I mean, totally agree. you're right. I mean, I, the the coordinator stuff has been absolutely berserk. I mean, it's been totally crazy to see all the movement. Uh, I mean, your your BFF Arthur Smith going to God, Pittsburgh, disgusting. You know, disgusting. I mean, there's 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 been there's been a lot of movement, no doubt about it. Uh, on the coordinator front, teams are you know are not being as patient uh, with their guys. I think in some cases it's good, in some cases it's bad. We just have to see. I mean, where he Morris look, my thing with Morris is the first thing that comes to my mind is that Arthur Blank, Arthur Blank, I think is a very good NFL. I really like Arthur Blank. Yeah. Arthur Blank, you know, there was a moment where Belich, you know, he was wanting Belichick. Apparently that's been a rumor. Understandably so. I mean, look, I'm not the biggest Belichick guy, but I get it. I'm crying out loud. He came back on you 28 to three, broke your heart. I mean, I get it. I get wanting to be on the other side of it. But, you know, with the guy, but he let his guys do his thing. And I can respect that. I can respect that because it did feel like he pushed on Belichick. Morris, a guy that, you know, he has familiarity with. Let's not forget that he was the interim in Atlanta Mm -hmm. for a stretch in time. I think that matters. There could have been some player support there, some player empowerment there that should, that could encourage Falcons fans to see this team get close to the playoffs. Because you're right, this team should be better than what they have been. 
This team, this team has the talent level to do a lot of good things. And like you said, the offensive coordinator, it seemed like they brought in Morris with the plan being instilled, which I think is healthy as a franchise. When you are bringing, when you, when you are bringing in somebody that is not necessarily established coming in and making sure that the plan around him is as strong as possible. We saw that with Morris, and I think that's going to lead to Atlanta. You know, some good things down there. And like you said, in a weak division, Dron Mayo going to New England. Um, that's one I forgot to, we forgot to mention on Mayo. Look, I guess it was in the contract the whole time. He was a head coaching hire. So, okay. I'm not going to look at you like a first year coach. You knew from the jump, you were going to be the head coach after Bill left. Oh boy, it says in your contract. It says in your contract. It says in your contract. You knew you were going to be the head coach. So let's go. Let's go. What'd you learn? I'm not giving you rookie time. Oh, wow. I'm not giving you rookie oh time because you knew from the jump that you were going to be the guy. You stayed around and look. I mean, I'm not saying I don't want him to suck. I'm not trying to give that vibe at all. I'm just saying you knew from the jump that you were going to take this job. You knew from the jump. So what are you going to do about it? What did you learn from Bill Belichick? What did you learn from Bill Belichick over the last two years? What have you learned from him as a player? What have you learned about not how, not constructing a roster the way that he did? (laughs) I mean, I think there's some pressure. I I am not going to give him the typical first-year pass. I'm sorry. You oh, wow. that I have never seen that in my life, a contract being signed, knowing that you're the replacement. That's wild to me, Bryce. It, it is that's wild to me, and I think you should be getting more pressure for that, knowing that you from the jump, we're going to take this job. You knew from the jump. Once Bill was out, I'm in. That matters to me. I don't give you as much of a transition period as I do some of these other coaches, knowing that you were going to come in and step into this job. I'm excited to see what he does. I think he's going to bring some energy to this team and some mojo to this team. That's going to make them a lot less bland to watch. And I think he has the ability to do that. I'm, I'm excited for it. And obviously Washington, the lone vacancy. Um, then Johnson turned him down. I kind of respect it. You like your job, you like your job. Right. I mean, Bryce, if I hated working with your guts, I'd leave. Okay, but I don't hate your guts. We've been doing podcasts for three years, so we're staying alive. (laughs) I mean, Washington, Washington, you know, as a job, I mean, in general, you know, you you don't want to go to a job that you don't, you know, you're like, oh, my gosh, like, I'm not sure if I like it. If I already love what I'm doing now, that's what it seems like the case is in terms of Washington getting a head coach puts you in a tough spot. But my guess is they'll find somebody. Talk about that next week. Um, is there anything uh, we're missing on in regards to NFL OCs, anything like that? I think so, man. We talked about a lot. I thought we did too. Um, you know, and then something to watch out for. We talked about it a little bit before the show, but uh, we'll get into, you know, probably the Super Bowl previewing and predicting and all that other fun jazz next week. And then we will also be diving into the world of college basketball as we want to get you guys ready for the season. A little over under 10 games, Bryce. 
before the conference tournament gets going. Uh, so, you know, it's always a fun stretch. So we got, we're, we're definitely going to keep it rolling for you on this podcast. There'll be plenty for you to listen to, uh, plenty for, plenty for you to think on. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm, uh, I'm excited for this next stretch. Yeah, man. It's always a fun, it's always a fun time of sports. We kind of get everything, you know, back to back to back. Uh, so fun summer, sun, fun spring, fun summer coming up here soon. Absolutely. And uh, once again, thank you for listening to the Lindsay Packets.